0: Podcast. I'm your host, Goldman, and it's been a while, but we had a comeback because last time I was on, uh, everything was in the trash can, and then we had an episode, and then it's like everybody said, oh, let's buff Windwalker, and then we were really good, and then all of a sudden, the trash can came back out, so here I am again. <laughs> and as always, with Babylonius, how you doing today, my man?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: <laughs> good. Um, I mean, I think the last time we talked was just going into 9.0 to just, you know, basically Shadowlands and how everything looked. And it it looked like uh, maybe some things are going to be going well, uh, but we were all kind of guessing of how I think Blizzard could handle things. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess, what have you been doing since then? I know you've been uh, dabbling in some D&D, Monk, Monk as well, which I recommend everybody uh, subscribing (laughs) to Patreon on uh, Peak of Serenity and and getting uh, getting into that. That's uh, really awesome. Uh, but, uh, outside of that, what have you been up to?
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, not much, you know, trying to just survive the end of the school year and, uh, made it through that, but, uh, really just, you know, trying to find, you know, some enjoyment left in Warcraft.
0: <laughs> well, I thought everybody, oh, oh, sorry, no, day. this is, uh, I forgot to mention, this is the Final Fantasy Monk podcast, right? Isn't that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, see i haven't even tried that so i have no idea even what uh what the, what they do with uh on their final fantasy business <laughs> um but
0: uh I, I guess we'll kind of jump into it uh uh well i mean I, I mean outside of that is everything uh you know with the peak of serenity going well for anybody that's curious out there i mean hopefully they're subscribing to your content and, and then also supporting too on the patreon but uh is, yeah is, everything I, yeah going? If
1: everything's yeah everything's good we uh you know the website's Swimming. Um, I'm back writing for Icy Veins this tier or this expansion, still writing for WoWhead. Um was able to do well enough this week on on Heroic to finally get uh some videos out for my YouTube channel and stuff, rather than kind of slow rolling them mm-hmm. the first time I was able to get a bunch out in the first week. So that's been kind of nice.
0: Oh great, excellent. Uh well yeah, it's always always good to see you know Windwalker which was like the flavor of the month for a little bit there uh, mm-hmm. and is the last the last tier. So I guess we'll jump into 9.1. We'll start with the story stuff first because every it's all pot, right? Everything's out right now. <laughs> um it's a lot of controversy about, behind it. Uh what are your thoughts on just how how the story in Shadowlands is playing? We'll just kind of jump out with that. I mean, it's not really part of Minecraft, but you can't you can't, you know, hide from that. I mean, a lot of people will <laughs> potentially play or not play based
1: on that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I there are aspects of the story that I like. There are aspects of the story that I loathe. Uh, you know, pretty much if it has to deal with Sylvanas, I probably hate it. <laughs> I think just about everything that every decision they've made with her character or any characters surrounding her character have just been the worst possible decisions. Um, But anything that's not related to Sylvanas or even, you know, secondary to Sylvanas, I think has been good. I think the covenants themselves are cool. Um, You know, they kind of provide some nice uh, stories, you know, in and of themselves. And I think kind of interacting between the covenants is nice. The whole being able to switch back and forth is ridiculous or not being able to switch back and forth easily Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. But um, yeah, I, I think, you know, as we as we kind of went through Sanctum this week and, uh, you know, there's quite a few cutscenes scenes uh, in the raid this time around. And it just every time just kind of felt like the worst possible decision that they could make. <laughs> oh,
0: what, uh, you mean, you mean uh, Anima blowing up uh, garage is not is not a good thing. Or yeah. I mean, even that even just
1: like <laughs> even just coming down to like e- that specific cinematic like. The face that he makes before, like, as he screams, it just, like, his jaw dislocates and goes in the weirdest direction. And then the jump, too,
0: like, the terrible,
1: you know. Yeah. It just was it just kind of the most, like, ridiculous series of, of events, uh, you know, for for that cinematic. And, like, I kind of wish that they had given that cinematic more art, like, rather than kind of using, you know, in-game models and stuff. I think that should have been kind of a big enough moment you Know at least for Garage to kind of give him just a little bit more, you know, uh, to it, mm-hmm. just kind of put a little bit more effort and make it an actual cinematic, not like a machinima, you yeah. know.
0: Uh, well, now, 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 you're, now you're that's a low blow to machinima now because you know <laughs> their stuff actually looks well, a lot better, in my opinion, than what was right.
1: The, well, that was. well, because those <laughs> the people who actually do machinima put a lot more time in it than Blizzard did into that Garage. Well, cinematic. I mean, they're a
0: small indie company. I mean, if you yeah. go to the the timeless 2.0 aisle right now, which is a uh, Carithia, uh, it is, it is, it is was, it's terrible. Like today specifically, uh, <laughs> it is one of the worst. We're, we're uh, this is the uh, the 11th of July we're recording on, and uh, I was doing uh, my dailies, like world quests, and it is just you can't do anything. Like and and it's like a company that you know, it, it's just I know where it's like feels like this is the Blizzard bashing shows. It's like good group therapy for everybody, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it makes, it's a lot of things because people will quit over storyline. I mean, we've seen that happen before yeah. that they're like, you know, when, when this tree got burned, I saw a lot of people quit. They're like, I, I was like the final straw, which is weird for someone who might even be in a mythic raid. It's, but it's like, people are going along for their friends. They're going along for the guild experience. They're going mm-hmm. along for the raids, but there's going to be a, you know, line in the sand and, and blizzard just has repeatedly just like, try to wipe it out with their foot and, and we're kind of seeing it right now with the resurgence of, yeah. you know, uh, Twitch streamers that people may or may not like their personalities, but it's still that how blizzard reacts towards content creators. This is not something it's happened to, you know, monk craft, uh, not monk, monk craft uh, um, uh people, but people in the monk community have had this thing where, you know, the developers have like kind of an animosity towards uh, theory crafters and mm-hmm. content creators. And so, it's, we're in a weird area right now because it's been a year. I mean, people harped on Siege being out a year, yet nine one took so long to get around. Yeah, you know, and and in that time, monks went from trash can, please delete Blizzard, to if you don't have a monk in your raid, you're stupid as a guild leader and a guild, and a raid leader because they're doing so good DPS to the bug fixes that got placed in that we we uh, we talked about in the beginning of the expansion that like or i mean i think it was the expansion or there's a uh where or, or maybe it was an article that you wrote that talked about the bug fixes where it's like okay they're finally fixing the bugs this is great and then but then now but they didn't do anything they like fixed the bugs mm-hmm. which nerfed windwalkers and then now going to sanctum is it going to be another bench raid for the windwalker or is it just bring one for the for the uh, buffs and maybe for some multi uh I guess it'd be the AOE, uh, multi-DPS bosses will still be there, but how is it looking right now for Windwalkers and Sanctum, and your thoughts on kind of how they've handled the expansion so far for Windwalkers specifically?
1: Yeah, you know, that's kind of a topic that's really, you know, hot in my mind at the moment, you know, because they did just on Friday, um, you know, today's Sunday, yeah. So uh, on Friday, you know, when they announced that they were going to be buffing Fire Mages and uh, Beastmaster Marksmanship, uh, affliction, you know, stuff like that, like Windwalkers, too, right? Yeah, yeah, that's buffed, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. Hello, hello, um, hello, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so you know, with with that, it, it like for that, that kind of, I guess, stung a little bit extra for me, you know, because I just kind of felt like Windwalkers and I mean, other specs as well, you know, enhancement yeah. shaman and and stuff like that had well, kind DKs of
0: as well, right? I mean, D- does anybody play a DK D- DPS anymore?
1: I mean, I guess Frost is okay right now, uh, but Unholy was v- Unholy actually was very strong um at the start of the expansion. Uh it was probably the strongest melee in uh in Nathra. Um, you know, just kind of a mix of it was just really strong on AoE encounters. That's right, yeah, and there's a lot of multi multi uh, of boss AOE encounters. Yeah. 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 So I mean it it you know, Windwalker was very strong in Nathria. It's probably gonna be middle of the pack. Um, you know, decent in AoE situations, uh, you know, whatever the opposite of decent is, not like super <laughs> bad, but a little bit worse, you know, in, in single target situations in uh in Sanctum. Um, you know, it, it's gonna it's in kind of a gray area where you know Brewmaster is good, but probably not the best. Windwalker is good, but probably not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so whether or not a, a team and whether or not a team brings a Windwalker you know, may just kind of come down to whether or not they already have one. Yeah. You know, the teams that have a brewmaster that they can rely on are probably not going to feel the desire to go out and rush and find a wind And the teams that have a wind that they can rely on are not going to rush out to grab a brewmaster. Uh Uh, yeah. you know, so it's, kind. it's going to be kind of, I think in a little bit of a, a wiggle room, gray area, um, type situation, you know, so in that, in that regard, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, but it, it it definitely, you know, Windwalker, I think, is strong right now, um, you know, in Sanctum. I think, you know, personally, you know, there were quite a few fights in Sanctum that when we were going through, I felt really good about, um, you know, just playing. I, I thought Windwalker, Windwalker, this raid kind of brings a decent amount of extra umph to it, extra utility. Um, you well, know, uh, there are things like that Windwalkers can I think do. also, right? Right. Like, There's transcendence tons of stuff. Yeah, there's tons of stuff for transcendence in in Sanctum. Um, you know, even, you know, probably I think the biggest thing the big the biggest thing that I've been looking forward to is um on Remnant of Nerzul, you know, with having to take the orbs and kind of drop kicking them off the platform. You know, Windwalker is just about the best. Yep. Uh Demon Hunter's probably even um but I think you have to be a little bit faster to to do it as a Demon Hunter. Um, as opposed to a windwalker i think with transcendence is kind of a safety net i think it makes things a little bit easier um and i i found that just to be a really fun it's frequent enough on heroic and will be on mythic that i kind of there's not really a ton of time to do dps so i kind of can just ignore most of the rest of the fight (laughs) um you know so there's no kind of pull of oh I, i need to do as much dps as possible but i have to do this i can really kind of focus i know our our, one of our mages was saying the same thing on KT because he was Frost and just kind of in charge of managing the I um, And he said it was kind of nice to not really have anything else to worry about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, know, it's, or it's like a just worry rush. about that job. I know we're talking yes, about like, exactly. like Siege
0: where it's like you, you're Windwalker, like if you had, th- uh, you know, usually you would have three months monks in those, right? A Brewmaster, Main Tank, Windwalker, DPS, mm-hmm. Slash Tank, and then you'd have a misweaver. That's kind of how the, most guilds ran in that back in the day. And the the Windwalker ended up just being the siege tank kiter, which is was, that's what I did. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I I led the raid, but then also kited uh, you know of the big uh, the siege balls, uh, yep. um, and uh, it, it, you know it, the, a lot of things too. Is it it's you know we we talk about the DPS and we look at it, and yeah, I mean Windwalkers aren't what they were last tier because the bug fixes, which we we are you know we talked about pretty frequently, like. Hey, it's okay. It's a bug, but it's a good DPS increase, so just keep it. But hopefully, if they fix it, they will buff it. And they yeah. didn't. They just rolled out. They fixed it, which is great because you know you don't want to have bugs. And it was one that's been for a while. It was, I think, you were re- keep kept reporting on it in the the beta, if I recall correctly. You know, like, hey, this is a problem. And they just never fixed it, which makes a sense. I mean, it, it's it's kind of one of those things that people have to realize too. Blizzard staff is still at home working. And for, mm-hmm. for a company that has a lot of collaboration and a lot of development collaboration, it's going to be difficult. Um, I know this from experience, even though, you know, the, you know 99% of my job I can do remotely, no problem, because it's just, you know, getting stuff done. But in the instances of collaboration, you just, it's very difficult. Like, you can just go over to someone's desk and be like, hey, let's work on this problem. And then right. it gets done now it's like, oh, I have to do a Zoom call. I have to set up timing. Are you available? Are you available? And have it come together. And it might not happen for like a couple of days because no one has availability at the time. That's kind of what I see Blizzard happening right now. Now as we transition for their company, which I think most people are back in the office starting to at Blizzard, I think some of these problems will probably start resolving themselves. Uh, but it's still, when you look at the numbers of parses that are currently out there, uh, it's looking pretty close like well, you know, people have kind of dumped their windwalkers just because the damage isn't as good as it was with the with the changes. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the current parses right now, I think I kind of I was kind of eyeballing it on, and this is of course Warcraft Logs because we've had a full week. You know, some some of these parses are going to be you know people running guild like you know it's, it's heroic, so it's not mythic, so we're all you know great assault, but it's looking right now it's about 13,000 13, parses, whereas everybody else is pretty much twenty to thirty thousand parses so if you think about it in that range it is you know even demon hunter uh which is the other you know is, is twice as much at twenty five thousand. so we kind of see how guilds are portraying Windwalkers as not being as desirable as they were last tier um do you think that do you do, I mean i guess i mean you'll you we it's, it's hard i i I feel like i'm i'm asking a question that we've always asked for years now not just like the <laughs> last couple like does blizzard actually care I mean, I, see, I feel bad because like, I, it's like I'm harking a point I've had since Windwalkers came out, since Monks were created. It's not that they don't care because obviously there's someone that cares there, but it does not seem to be a priority for Windwalkers versus other specs, especially like even Demon Hunter with Havoc. It seems like they put a lot more emphasis into that, that spec, that DPS spec, rather than Windwalker. Do you think that the parsing numbers and the lack of, again, of raid viability not viability but i think you know what i mean like representation that's mm-hmm. the word i was trying to think of do you think when they see them the, the parse is coming out in mythic next week that and they see very few Windwalkers in mythic do you think they'll make a change there to maybe buff them a little bit or do you think it's just um, because Windwalkers right now are basically middle of the pack i mean every list that i've seen uh there's the um the the wow meta has a list out I don't know how, you know, how they are, but they kind of have a list which kind of falls in line pretty much with what you'd think of main. And it's kind of like middle tier for middle high tier for Windwalker. Um, And then, you know, even just the DPS this on Warcraft Logs, it's basically middle of the pack. I mean, they're, they're pretty much right in the middle, upper or lower, depending on how you play, like you mentioned. So do you think that they're going to do anything or do you think that they're like, hey, they're not last, we'll just leave them alone?
1: Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, ultimately I think, uh, or at least I would like to think that, you know, kind of the issues, the, the difficulties with balancing, um, <clears throat> you know, come down to a lack of resources more than, you know, a lack of, uh, desire or ability like developers um, being able to do the changes Is that like that
0: kind of, resources? yeah, uh,
1: yeah I just, I don't think that there's really uh there's not a compelling argument I, I think to be made that there's enough people working on it um you know in a lot of ways i think uh i think it's pretty clear that uh you know they have to kind of bring people on you know there are people that um are passionate and are capable and stuff but i, I think a big part of it just comes down to allocation of resources and I think you know that's been if there's been kind of a failure of Blizzard, I think over the last couple of years, I think it comes down to that. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to believe, or uh, you know, and I don't want to say that the people who are designing classes, who are designing encounters and dungeons and stuff, are bad at their jobs, or you know, willfully, you know, making bad decisions, or you know, purposefully leading leaving classes behind. Um, but that it just comes down to they have to triage. You know if there's only three or four people working on classes overall and there's so many that they have to kind of triage Mm -hmm. uh and then i think i think deciding the triage process i think is is a difficult one um you know because obviously you know say if, if if it truly is a triage situation and they have to decide you know they can only get to x number of classes in the time you know, whatever. Say X is three, um, or we'll say it. We'll say it's four specs since that's what is kind of going in for next week, right? So say they can look at four specs and decide, okay, we could put in the time to come up with the best way to balance these specs. Um, because I I do think generally, when they do step up to balance, they do a decent enough job. Um, you know, when they make changes, the changes tend to be adequate. Maybe not, you know, perfectly adequate, but minimally adequate, um, which I think probably, again, kind of cycles back to the difficulty of, of lacking resources. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, like that, I think it comes down to, you know, really just having that, you know, if they can, if they can only pick four specs that they really can focus on, how do they pick that? You know, do they pick the specs that are struggling the most? Do they pick, or do they pick the specs that a change will affect the most people? Um, you know, and I don't know. Historically, I, I want, I, I think, you know, it appears at least to me that, um, you know, they tend to choose based on, um, you know, the specs that it will affect the most. You know, a, a spec like marksmanship, beastmaster, fire, uh, and Inha- uh, L- uh, affliction. You know, being that those are widely played classes and widely played specs, yeah. tend to get, you know, they if if something is broken with one of them, they tend to get fixed faster. Um, You know, and and I think in a macro standpoint, that's the right choice. You know, you want to if you if you only have enough time to make a certain a limited number of improvements to the game, you want to make the improvements that are going to affect the most people, that are going to benefit the game the most. I and you know, so I think from you know, kind of the managerial standpoint, that's the right choice. Um, but, you know, obviously from being part of a class that tends to not be, you know, part of that, and I, I know a lot of and probably enhancement shamans and survival hunters would, would say very similarly, um, you know, that it, it just sucks to always kind of be on the outside of that. I think um, a lot of times when we get, for Windwalkers, for example, when when things tend to happen, they tend to happen in big kind of sweeping chunks. We get a lot of changes, uh, you know, in a short period of time. And, you know, and then I and then we kind of get forgotten again. And I think that comes down to, you know, similarly just that triage, right? They have to deal with, you know, they have data for a week or I guess half a week when they looked at the raid now and thought, yeah. okay, we got, you know, we can buff these specs. These, you know, not to say that that Fire, uh, Affliction, Beastmaster, blah, 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 we're not underperforming because they were. Um, you know, numerically looking at the charts, they they were behind, um, you know, so I think this for them was kind of the perfect storm of being able to make impactful changes that will impact a lot of people. Um, I think Windwalkers, Enhancement, you know, Ret, Paladins uh, as well, I, I think we kind of all fall into the when they have time for us mm-hmm. uh, area. And, and I think just due to kind of that you know, difficulty of managing resources and, and lack of resources, I think the frequency with which they have time to devote to specs like Windwalker and stuff is just very infrequent. Um, you know, so I, I think it, it comes down to, you know, ultimately for me, you know, somebody who's played this game for, I don't know, 15 years, 14 years, something like that. You know, I, I my, my issue... With everything, it comes down to the people who are in charge. You know, when people ask me about this stuff, it's you know I and or if I see on Discord that they're bashing designers or class developers or stuff like that, you know, like it, to me, it's not the people who care are not the people who are making the decisions, and the mm-hmm. people who are making decisions are not the people who care.
0: Yeah, because they have like and, a lot of analytics for mm-hmm. for classes, and right. Hunter is by far one of the most populous classes out there. Uh, it just is. It just It's like 50, I think right here in the parses we're seeing here, just, even though Hunters, all three specs are pretty bad right now. Obviously, we'll see what happens with the buffs. You know, t- 10, 15, 20% is pretty good for a buff for classes. Mm-hmm. I expect them to be one of the top ones. But even then, that's 50,000 parses versus Windwalker's 13. Uh, right. You know, Windwalker and Paladin, <clears throat> Red Paladins are pretty much the same as far as representation in their guilds. And when you see, like you see one, you might see one here. You might not see one that's kind of right. how it plays out in most guilds and most rating teams. Uh, so it, it is it is one of those things, like you mentioned, that these decisions are made by you know with analytics of who subscribed, how many subscribers do they have versus this mm-hmm. class. You know they they have the numbers, they have analysts that do all this kind of thing, and they're like, well, let's buff this class because they have two million subs- you know some of our subscribers play this class, where only a hundred thousand play this other one in doing any kind of rating. So let's buff this class because that way they'll feel like they're doing great damage and they have more fun. This other class, right. whatever, we'll just deal with it later. And it is, it's is—it's a hard decision to make or, you know, it feels bad thinking about something like that. But that is how businesses work and how, especially right now, with very strong competition for the first time in a very long time and a lot of uh, uh, influencers moving from World of Warcraft to Final Fantasy... If For mm-hmm. people that are, want to play an MMO, it's like they have to right, make these decisions.
1: The, the prospect of the League of Legends one that Riot's working Yes, on. from Ghostcrawler,
0: who, you know, mm-hmm. people can smash on him all he wants, but, I mean, he did make some bad decisions, but he also <laughs> was there for the players, and he wanted to do... He cared. He definitely cared a lot. Definitely, I would say, a lot more than most managerials right now at Blizzard currently do. Mm-hmm. Um And I'm saying managerials being like, the people on the top... They, they really don't do any day to day. They get like a spec sheet of what's being worked on and they go, yes, no, yes, no. Those are like the people and they make those decisions. And I felt like Ghostcrawler um, was like one of the last ones that were like, okay, I want to put everything in there. Not saying that Ian doesn't do a good job, but he is. I think he's just stretched too thin. And I, have, I just have this feeling that he's one of those people like myself at where I'm at where it's like, I know I could do it. So I'm just going to try to do it. And I'll just do too much. But then when you do that, you make mistakes. You know, you you don't do this. You don't do that Right. Maybe over here you don't put as much attention as you should, and it kind of gets out of out of scope. That happens with any kind of business, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. more of an Ian to myself. Is like he just thinks he can. He, you know, he's a raid leader. You know, <laughs> it's like I feel like I have a kinship to him on that front of trying to do too much. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, I, I think, I think he's, you know, what what we saw originally, you know, kind of a big hallmark of Blizzard's success early on was, you know, that they really stretched, you know, gameplay over this and you know, blah blah and. I think nobody will argue that, you know, the company as a whole has gotten away from kind of that original ethos that they had when making some of these early games. You know, and I think, you know, people like Ghostcrawler leaving, other people that have left since then. Mm -hmm. um, You know, I I think the reason that Ian is there, the reason that he is in charge is because he is not, he is far enough removed from that uh, opinion, that, you know, that kind of driving ethos that they once had. Um, you know, and, and I think that's kind of what has led to things at this point, you know, because it, they're just, he just is, he's more of a manager, I guess, rather than a game developer, um, Yeah, you know, in kind of that, you know, well, he's a raid leader,
0: right? I mean, everybody can yeah. talk about, he needs Elitist Jerks is the guild that he was from. That's where he went to Blizzard from there. Elitist Jerks mm-hmm. was one of the biggest theory crafting, uh, websites of all time. Back in the day, it's basically where you went to get everything. It was the com- yep. theory crafting community. It was the whole community. So they basically either they poached him or he joined them. So whatever way it happened, they were like, "Hey, this guy knows look all the theory crafting and everything. Let's get him." They did the same thing with Jeff Kaplan, and look how great Overwatch did under Kaplan's reign. You know, mm-hmm. to start up. I mean, they, when they get the smart people that are very opinionated, and they start out. But you know, obviously, you know Ian's progressed in the company. He's like the director now, so he's like the head guy, the big guy. And when you do those, you have to make decisions that are not necessarily for the theory of the game. It's actually for the pocketbook, and it's it's a business. It's it's a sad thing to say, you know. But t- you have to come to realization, and I want people out there to l- to understand that that there are going to be money decisions behind these things, and mm-hmm. so don't feel bad because you know it could have been really bad for Woodwalker, which is you know <laughs> which is usually what it is like the last place, never get a raid spot, uh. But with at least the bug helping us get a little bit, like a little bit of lift underneath the Windwalkers, that there is more representation as well as raid leaders, understanding the utility. And especially with, I think the covenants, I think is actually not uh, the, um, uh, the conduits, not covenants, the conduits really, oh well, actually, mm-hmm. and, and, and to uh, some extent uh, the covenants helping out with the mobility of a Windwalker, It's kind of like that, Jack of all trades is actually a benefit, in my opinion. In the last these these uh, two first two raids that we've seen, do you see similarly? Do you think Windwalkers are going to go back to that? Like you can do everything, you just go do the stuff that really, like you said, don't worry about DPS too much. Obviously, do as much as you can. Come back in, blow your cooldowns, and then go do this other stuff that no one else really wants to do in a raid, or is not as good as what you can do. Do you think that's yeah. the role that Blizzard is also kind of okay allowing them to shift into?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 think, I think, I think that is the case. I think Sanctum kind of highlights a lot of the things that Windwalker can do very well, whether it's um, kicking orbs off on uh, um, Remnant of Ner'zhul, uh, you know, pulling chains on uh, Soul Render, Or uh, being able to use transcendence to get around the various wall mechanics that exist. You know, whether it's Eye of the Jailer or Painsmith, you know, stuff like that. Or um, being able to get to your spot on Rune Smith or Fate Scribe, I should say. And, you know, kind of, you know, spin your dial uh, faster than anybody else or at least get there faster. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think... I think, you know, for me, I I don't think that that position that Windwalker is in is something that Blizzard decided. I think (laughs) when, you know, I think when these things happen, you know, because they do happen a lot of times classes, Mm -hmm. you know, get brought for utility, get brought for additional things that they can do beside their DPS. Um, I I don't, I find it very difficult to believe that that is an intentional change Um, because it just seems like a very unfair change to intent. Yeah. Um. You know, and that—that that I mean that you know they're going to look at and they're just going to decide, you know, oh, okay, these classes are yeah, they're DPS classes, but, uh, you know, we're going to be people are going to be okay with them not doing as much DPS. <laughs> you know, like and no raid will say that ever. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, that's right. That's just not the case. You know, um, you know, very rarely will a class get brought you know, in a situation where it can do something and its DPS does not matter at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if it does, then it's likely that that is, you know, as a result of some type of immunity. You know, when when there's a fight that benefits from having, you know, a lot of immunities, you will bring as many u- immunity classes as you have, you know, even if they're maybe not the strongest DPS. Yeah. But really outside of immunities, there's not really anything specific um you know that other classes will say you know oh it's okay that you don't do you know that your dps is kind of eh because we need you to do this um you know and even when it does happen and it is immunities i i think that that's accidental as well you know a lot of times it's it's a mechanic that is beneficial to be immune but then you know obviously it's not uh intended that you then have 15 people who can immune it and the, and that mechanic just erases from the fight. Uh, <laughs> you know, so even those situations where people get brought kind of maybe despite any lacking DPS, you know, I, I can't even say that those ones are, you know, purposeful that blizzards. Oh, this will be great. This class has really not been great, but, Oh, they're going to get brought now because They have, you know, we're going to give them this nice immunity fight to really show off what they can do. (laughs) Um, You know, I just don't think that that's practical, um, you know, really in any way. Um, I think that there's much uh, there's much better and other things that the encounter designers do with their time than than I think focusing on on something like that. But uh, yeah, I I think, you know, Wind Walker is going to be fine you know, this tier, I, you know, we'll, we'll skate by, it'll still be the people that play Windwalker that love Windwalker. you know, like I've said for years, you know, and we saw a kind of a big rush of people to the spec, um, yeah. you know, obviously when it was strong and then we saw a equally big rush out of the spec, um, <laughs> you know, when they fixed bugs that nerfed damage, even though really, you know, if anybody had waited two weeks uh, you know, the damage ended up being about a break even, but kind of by then the damage was done, uh, you know, in regards to people just abandoning ship, um, you know, so I, the people that are still playing wind Walker, you know, there's probably a couple that are still playing it just because it is strong or was strong. Um, but you know, it, we're, we're probably back to the people playing it who play it because they love it. You know, so those of us that love the spec, that play the spec well, um, will be fine this raid um, and be able to get by, you know, really without a problem. You'll be able to earn your raid spot. You shouldn't, you know, really feel like uh, you're hurting anybody by playing Windwalker. You know, things are, Windwalker is pretty securely in a position where that's not a concern. Um, You know, but the people that switched off or the people that aren't playing Windwalker really aren't going to have... Uh, compelling reason to switch to it, you know, as yeah. well.
0: Well, it's the flavor of the month crew. They always swap to whenever. Yeah. And then now they just swapped to Shadow, grinded all their renown up, and now Shadow just got mm. nerfed. And so they're like, okay, I just went to another class and I have to go back to something else.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, what happens with, and and a couple people and myself have been tracking this over a long time is, you know, what happens with that kind of stuff is that when, you know, when a spec or a class has been strong for a long time, right, people switch to it, like, we'll use Warlock as an example. Um, I guess Mage is probably the best example, but people switch to it when it's great. Um, And, but then they really don't ever have a reason to switch off of it. Um, You know, because there really is not, you know, a time where Mage is kind of universally bad. Uh, You know, so if... Fire was garbage. All the mages are playing Arcane and Frost now. Uh, you know, so a spec like, ma- or class like Mage, Hunter, Warlock, you know, the ones with multiple DPS specs, um, because I, I do still believe that that's the reason that they're kind of insulated, more than just them being Blizzard's favorite or anything like that, because we all know that's Demon Hunters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're they're just kind of naturally insulated from that kind of flavor of the month swing, you know, those people swing in, but then, you know, if a thousand swing in, maybe, you know, only 900 swing out or, you know, maybe only 200 swing out for every thousand that swung in. Um, whereas for Windwalker, you know, you get a thousand swing in, you might have eleven 1, hundred swing out. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was just gonna you say know, yeah.
1: um, similar with, you know, that's the same thing with um, probably element, you know, enhancement and to a lesser extent, elemental. Um, survival's really never seen that you know rogue I think is probably about 50-50 um, just because they've really I think struggled longer than they deserve to for being a class that has multiple DPS specs um, but <clears throat> just kind of naturally that's how it works and because you know and I have data, and I haven't taken it for this expansion yet but at least going into this tier and uh, this expansion warlock you know out of in the previous between mist's warlords legion and battle for azeroth warlock had all three specs that were below the average only six percent of the time um so if you swung into a warlock as a flavor of the month there really hasn't been a reason for you to swing out Mm -hmm. yeah uh you know and the same thing goes with mage whereas a class like windwalker or ret pally is actually the kind of the biggest not offender but i guess victim is the right term um you know ret paladin has only been above average in that time like 4%. You know, it was like one quarter of one tier. <laughs> uh you yep. know or like one of those weird kind of in between patches where a patch happens and a raid is still going. Um you know so as hard as as it is to be a windwalker my heart goes out to the to the hardcore ret paladins <laughs> because they you know they're the only class that has it kind of universally worse than then windwalker. well but. Feral,
0: uh, feral druids but then you know that's it, it's that that you know they've been doing a lot better now but it, that's kind of right. how it was the last few the expansions was feral druids just were the, one of the worst specs and i because i know someone that's a right. die harold feral uh but uh yeah i, I mean it's you bring up a lot of interesting points about that you know with the swap in swap out that, uh, you know, some some of them will because it's like, oh, it's not good. It, it, it's like I mentioned with that the last straw for some of the people where mm-hmm. they're like, I'm just going to go to play a, a, a warlock because they're always good at doing something. But a lot of yep. times, too, it's guild pressure. I mean, a guild leader and a raid leader wants to keep the people they have. I mean, especially now with, you know, how things are going in, in World of Warcraft. But even then, like if someone's coming in and wants to raid there, you know, usually the mindset is like, hey, we want me to play. It's like, well, what classes do you have? Say, well, I have a Windwalker, I have a, a Warlock, I have a Mage. Like, oh, we'll just play a Mage or a Warlock. We'll we're, we're do that. And then that's mm-hmm. usually what they do because they want to help the guild out, or someone's coming back for the first time in a long time. You know, stuff like that easily happens all the, all the time yep. in, in raids and guilds, uh, because you know that whole play. I mean, right now it actually is that, like you know, bring the player, not the character, the class. But that's just because you know you want good players,
1: <laughs> and then you just make play a play class that's good. <laughs> right now. Um, yeah well and i think a big part of that you know is that blizzard has kind of swung the pendulum into difficulty in a fight correlating to number or uh strictness of mechanics um you know as opposed to you know dps or something like that um you know so when fights require more mechanical performance you do want to bring your best mechanical players when fights you know uh rely on you know if there's a hard dps check then you're going to kind of naturally swing into bringing the classes that you know have the most capabilities and you know the the one thing that i'll say about feral and you know to a lesser extent enhancement um you know as well but uh you know there is data to show that feral players will play boomkin if they have to yeah Oh, no, right? no. Yeah. Boomkin's I mean, it's obviously been strong, yeah. you know, so it, like they they do fit like and it's it's kind of a weird in between, you know, for those kind of classes, because I don't think you should have to. Like I don't think it's fair that a Pharaoh or an enhancement should be asked to play elemental or boomkin. Um, just like I wouldn't think it's fair for a hunter who, you know, plays beast mastery or uh, marksmanship to be asked to play survival or vice versa um but it's it's absolutely the case i mean when somebody comes back and said, you know when we had a lot of people in ex, you know expansions coming back oh what class should i play my answer is always you know okay do you pve or pvp you know if they say they only pve then the answer is warlock um you know if mythic plus is an important thing to to them or pvp is an important thing to them then the answer is mage if you feel like you have to you only want to play melee then the answer is Rogue. Um, you know, and and kind of slightly behind Warrior, uh, you know. But there there are kind of unfortunately right answers to these situations, and because these right answers haven't changed enough, um, what we've seen is rating has become a lot less diverse. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the comps, the the concentration of players over time has been congregating on Hunters, Warlocks, and Mages, and to a lesser extent Rogues. Uh, you know, so it's it's really kind of weird. Uh, you know, thi- thing that's happening, and and then it kind of becomes, you know, kind of circling back to what we talked about earlier. It kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, um, and kind of a, you know, this terrible feed- feedback loop. Because all right, if more players play mages, then you know, management at Blizzard is going to say, all right, let's make sure bl- mages are good. Management tells the designers, let's make sure mages are good. Designers make sure mages are good. More players pay- play mage, and the cycle continues. Um, you know, and, they, and classes like Windwalker, Enhancement, um, Rhett, you know, stuff like that, we just bleed population, you know, over time, um, you know, but I, I, I think, you know, the biggest example of, of that is Demon Hunters, you know, going into this uh, tier, uh, this expansion, I should say, Demon Hunters really had never been, like, really weak. They had yeah. been below average for a period of time. They had been not great, but really genuinely weak. And they were going into Shadowlands to be genuinely weak. And and you saw their population decrease by like 70% in like two months. You know, so it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, Windwalker might see those swings. Like if we had 20,000 people playing Windwalker at the end of BFA we probably have about 20,000 now because the people that played it before are going to play it now. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get a class like demon hunter that really kind of never experienced that kind of, you know, to, to put it very melodramatically, that kind of true hardship, uh, you know, and then they're, they don't know what, how to handle it, you know, and their population is not recovering as quickly as it dissipated. Although I think it probably will recover yeah, I think, I think al- this tier, almost fully.
0: Yeah. I think this tier is where it is because uh, at least looking at it right now, looking like demon hunter is going to be, like the the third best melee spec uh mm-hmm. for the tier um and uh uh but but i I just like I, I like how you're saying mm-hmm. because uh it just you know it's it's like you're it's like a little, these little like jabs you're taking at the demon Hunter community a little bit but I mean you know the, we're in the like you know they know had how the, I feel about that yeah <laughs> we, we've we've had the experience in the wind walker community specifically. Be, you know, longer because of miss. Cause miss it's like, it came out, it was all the hotness. It was his new class. It was all different. It was like fighting game style, it was Awesome. And really never was top ever. I mean, you could mm-hmm. you could see a certain fight, certain times, maybe a couple players were able to get the top percentage. If guilds gave them the gear that they need, gave them the, the loot and everything like that. And until the, uh, the rune trinket came along, windwalkers mm-hmm. weren't like the go-to for DPS, at least most of the time, because the kit was just mm-hmm. so strange and different than everybody else. So maybe it was more of the, learning capacity so even from then way back in the mist starting still to now it's like we still have these same games with Windwalkers. if you had the ability like if you were the management going to your you know making the decision like hey we need to boost Windwalker, let's bring them up what would you, would you just do like a flat dps to fist of fury like what what would you do like uh maybe a rising so- sun kick buff to percentage we just do like what they just did for hunters and mages where it was like just a flat DPS buff to certain
1: aspects of spells, or yeah, is I mean, a larger I think scope? if if I had you know to to talk you know briefly about you know kind of back in time, I think if I had a time machine and I was in charge, I would go back, and the only change I would make is that monks would not start at level one. I think the fact that you know when when Wrath came out and uh, you know Death Knights came out and they started at level fifty five. We saw a huge chunk of people. I mean, I, am a one, I play one class at a time and I leveled a, a, a Death Knight. You know, when uh, Demon Hunters came out, you know, they started as you know, much, even closer to max level than, than Death Knights did. So the, the, um, the risk for, for leveling a Demon Hunter at that time was incredibly low. Um, you know, if you put the time in and you didn't like it, that's fine. You know, unfortunately for monks, You know, um, you know, we started at level one. Uh, So they're really if you could look at if you looked at everybody and, and, you know, you were a new player and you could say, oh, I can start closer to max level on these ones. Why? You know, there's really no compelling reason to pick Monk. I think simply that change, if Monk had started, I don't know what the cap was in myths, What, 80? Uh,
0: Yeah, I believe Uh, I know it was uh, it was um, seven. It was it, it was 80. I think it
1: was 80 or 85. 70 in B.C., 80 in Wrath. 90 in Cata? 95 in 90.
0: Mist. It was 90 in Mists. 90 in Mists? Yeah, it, was, it was raised it 8, from 80 85, 85 and Yeah,
1: it was 85 to 90 from the previous one. Okay, yeah. So Cata was 85, then Mists was uh 90. was ninety. Yeah. So if Windwalker had started at 70, if Windwalker had started at 65, I think we would have seen an enormous increase in population. Um, which I think would have rippled over time, or even in a fifty, very positive even fifty, way. like or I mean, fifty right, literally anything. Yeah, you know, fifty-five. You know, if 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 Death Knight started at fifty-five and the cap was ten higher, then you know, sixty-five, you know, or yeah. whatever, like just anything but one. <laughs> um, you know, I I think you know. Well, I mean, it was a the starting there, zone, but but then you
0: could still like they do with Demon Hunter, you could have them do that starting zone at the early sure. level, like you know, and then also there's Demon, no I mean, reason. Uh, A death knight too like start at 55 you start the quest to get in and yeah it's locked it's basically 10 levels you're learning the class but i mean i
1: yeah i mean it makes a lot of sense for the the if you were a win if you were a monk you know or if you were just a pandaren right you know or or a monk right specifically a monk you know it's easily explained away in the story you've you know this island has been hidden away for you know millennia you know, you guys have been training to be all around badasses for your entire lives. Like, yeah, you're not some kind of newbie that's just picking up a staff. It's okay to start at a higher level for Monk, you know. <laughs> and they just didn't, you know. For mm-hmm. I just don't have a real compelling reason as to why, you know, when when the decision was made about that stuff that they just said, "Nah, we're good." Well, yeah, um, and,
0: and, but it's also like it kind like of goes to because the the Pandaren race was like, uh, you know, a new race. And it was uh, surrounded to, level. they did this level one because of the zone, the intro zone. Mm-hmm. Other classes were there, not just Monk. But if they just made it like you know all the other, just like a class, say a 55, right. you start. You had to have a 60, maybe still keep that prerequisite. I think that's maybe what they wanted to do. They didn't want to have the prerequisite of having a 60 already in case new players mm-hmm. came back. But then now every expansion comes with a free max level character to start. Right. Because uh, they have the data behind it now. So yeah, I agree. I agree with you there because it definitely would have been a lot better because then players could have easily jump into the class. They could see if they like playing it at max level faster, or at least have their be their second alt would be a, a, mm-hmm. a monk of some kind, and then you'd have a lot more player base to choose from, and there'd be a lot more influence on fixing the bugs from the beginning. Right. I think
1: that just. You know, it would have butterfly affected itself in a mm-hmm. beneficial way for monks, you know, over the last bunch of years. But I guess, I guess um,
0: for right now, though, like, you know, right, right now, 20, you know, 2020, obviously, <clears throat> we, I think everybody agrees yeah. the changes should have been made related to that.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think right now, I think the biggest thing that that Wind could use kind of overall, I think Rising Sun Kick, Tiger Palm and Blackout Kick could be buffed by about 25 percent. Each or um, total, like combined of some total, way? like 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 I like. I mean, I guess each. Um, you know, I I think right now the way that Windwalker is, um, you know, everybody kind of knows in an AOE situation you're going to light stuff up, right? You're you can just spin and just annihilate things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but single target is where Windwalker really kind of falls behind. So, a buff to Rising Sun Kick um primarily but also i think blackout kick and tiger palm need just to have a little bit more umph to them um you know they're a small part of our damage anyway um but i think mm. they just would benefit from having just that little extra uh.
0: yeah i could see like a 10 percent um, on tiger palm you know that's that seems like pretty good because it's essentially it's like it's auto attack it's pretty much what it's used for it's a combo generator but it's just like Rick. you know it seems to me more of like a uh uh, just a, like a regular attack. So the largest there and then maybe a five to five, I think is probably, I, I, you know, blackout kick, I guess, cause that's like a dump, you know, for at least right now, you mm-hmm. know, the, 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 um, the chi dump. So those two, I think would probably be the one where they would get the most boost to, I think rising sun kick just because of, of the ability itself. It's, you know, it's a largest cooldown. It's one of the heavier damage hitters. Uh, but, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it does need to seem like there's
1: a little bit boost to it. So Yeah. I, I think like, you know, Rising Sun Kick now is in a good spot because when for for Kyrians, you know, like Kyrian Windwalkers, yeah. you know, we still use Rising Sun Kick inside of Weapons of Order, even in AoE. Um but outside of AoE, I think Rising Sun Kick just gets dropped from the rotation too quickly. Um you know I think three targets is just kind of too quick for it to fall off. But um even still, you know, I think If those three abilities were each buffed by twenty five percent, it would equate to about a ten percent increase in Windwalker's single target, and that would be just about what Windwalker would need to be a decent, a strong, a slightly above average single target Mm -hmm. spec to kind of you know, and it and it wouldn't it wouldn't ripple out into Mythic Plus, mm -hmm. you know, it would cause it would wreak havoc in PvP, but they're supposed to be able to tune things separately. Yep. That's, that's the whole Uh, goal. But so far I don't see them
0: doing that. Meaning like, I just, I don't know if it's just, they say they can do it, you know, but we'll have to see if they will actually do that in this case, because it's uh, clear that it's a class that needs PVE only buffs. But what about PVP? You know, how's that going to affect to there as being a large portion. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, buffing these though are good. Do you think it would need like a pullback and like maybe a 1% nerf to spinning crane kick or something
1: to pull back the AOE? No, no, because if anything, you know, the change would just be okay. Now I switch to using spinning crane kick at four targets instead of three. Um, you know, and so in the grand scheme, you know, outside of a really specific situation where you would gain damage in like two target cleave, Mm -hmm. uh, you know with with that buff because it is kind of like right on the edge um in terms of using rising sun kick in in two targets and three targets but um it would in terms of aoe and just kind of generalized aoe it really wouldn't ripple out at all um you know because even increasing rising sun kick by 25 percent would just kind of shift off that spot and you know that you change over Mm -hmm. um just a little bit it really wouldn't uh Drastically, you know, kind of upset the balance of of where it goes, uh, you know. So really, I, I think that would be something that would be a reasonable change to make, as well as one that would have um, pretty noticeable effects. I think.
0: Yeah, and and then that would also, like you said, bring back some players that are maybe like, hey, you know, I'm I'm doing a, I could bring a monk, and I can do all this other stuff. I'm really great AOE, multi-targeting. But I'm also now decent at single target, right. you know. Hey, you know. Hey, raid leader, you know, is okay. I can play this. I can also do all these other things too that we need people to do. I can do that. I can take over for this person so they can play this class or they can do this. You know, you have a more of an argument as a raider to, or even have a raid leader to be like, yeah, you know, actually, it is. It makes sense to to bring a one walker now because they're okay or they're they're above average single target, but they're great for cleave and multi. So it's like, yeah, you
1: know, it's like, hey, I you think- know, just bring them. Yeah, I think a class, you know, to get brought needs to either be good at everything, or really good at something, to balance out it being bad at something else. And I think Windwalker is not quite strong enough in AOE to make up for the weakness in single target. Yeah, I well, think it just just a non-sustained, small change. non-sustained. You mean, right? Yeah, which has always been the
0: I, case. I, it's, it's never changed for Windwalker. <laughs> it's like always, right. you know, there was a couple times where Burst was really strong with his Fury, you know, back in the day, and like you able to burst really quickly, but still your know, sustain is still being pretty good, but yeah, the, the Burst, other classes just have, just cooldowns for that, you know, it's just how it is, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just, it just that, that, just something, I don't think Windwalker needs a huge dramatic change, um, you know, but I think it definitely would benefit from just some small kind of attentions paid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so to speak. Um, I, I think it, you know, it does just kind of need that just extra little help um, to kind of get, you know, get itself through the day.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I fully agree and, and hope, hopefully, you know, Blizzard will make some in the next round. will make some, change, especially a minute that comes out and they see, I mean, I think, I think that'll be the, really the big case, right? If there is no wind Walker in any of these race for world first guilds, and I don't mm-hmm. think there is, there might be one, maybe. Um, I, they're they're out the people there. people that I've not...
1: talked to, yeah, the people that I've talked to, they're like most of the guilds have a wind walker ready to go. Yeah, um, you know, so I I suspect we'll see Windwalkers on probably about uh, probably a little less than half the fights. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, um, I mean, I, I mean, but like you're not going to see one like you would see, uh, you know, uh, you know, Warlock. You're going to see the same Warlock. They're going to be playing the same class. They're not going to be swapping out. They're not gonna be swapped in and swapped out like other classes are. But that's you know, race for world first is, is a completely that's the you know 0001 percent 0, 0, 0, 0, now. Right.
1: That's yeah, a unique situation. But it's gonna be a
0: lot of eyes, and people right. I mean, people play with their eyes a lot of times. You know, you know, Joe Joe McCasual is, you know, sitting there being like, Hey, I'm gonna watch this awesome race for world first. And they're like, I'm gonna come back and play, you know, because you know, because mm-hmm. that's usually what happens. The race for world first happens now. People get all hyped up, they get excited, they come back and play the game. That's just what happens. I mean, you could really see it. Like, I can see how the populations boost all of a sudden. Like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the main towns have a lot of more people when the raids come out. And so people are going to come back and they're going to be like, hey, I want to play again. I want to experience the content. This looks like a cool story. I like the raid, how it's playing out. And then they come back and then they're like, you know, they're like, oh, well, I'll play my, uh, you know, not my shaman, my warlock now instead of my monk. Because, you know, there was no one playing it when I was watching. Mm hmm. You know, so we'll 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 see how how that plays out, but uh, that'll be a really big trigger on DPS and the rankings there, and what, what the top top guilds are actually thinking and doing yeah. numbers
1: and everything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, and Windwalker's had kind of a perfect storm happen of Trill playing it and being exceptional, but also being yeah. an exceptional PvP player. So he jumped out with you know two thirty three weapons when nobody else did. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so Windwalker was strong, and but they're also Trill is just crazy good. And the weapon, the gear that he had was crazy. I mean, he outgeared everybody else in the race, the world first. So, you know, things, you know, as kind of we got more information, things cooled off a little bit. You know, most people were not so dramatically ahead like he was. Yeah. Um, But I definitely agree. I mean, I I think, you know, that impressions, you know, can be made. You know, I, I can almost guarantee we won't see a Windwalker on a fight like Sylvanas. Yeah, <laughs> um, there really is not a lot of compelling, you know, unless I'm missing something about mythic. Um, yeah. KT, oh, yeah, exactly. I think, is a great yeah. fight for Windwalker. Um, I think you you can definitely. We're, we're going
0: to see like 20 warlocks in one one of them like that was. I forget which boss right. where they had like 10 warlocks or 14. Well, it was like as many as they could pump into the raid they did. Heard, I think it was. Um, uh, what's her name? Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, um, Azara wasn't uh, wasn't that one like where it had an insane amount of one class or it's always that way. Right. Yeah. There's, there's every always... once in a while
1: you get one that they're like six of one of one <laughs> yeah. something in a, in a group. Yeah.
0: Moonkins on, on Blackhand, I think, was one of the ones, yeah. too, where there's like 12 in the grade. <laughs> you know, yeah. people see yeah, like... Moon,
1: yeah Moonkins on Blackhand were a thing <laughs> for sure. But
0: uh, but, you know, that's that's how that's how Race for World First and World Force Guilds play. They they don't care. They have one of every class. They have them all maxed out um so yeah you always want to take that with a grain of salt but it does happen to filter through and we know this from experience in our guilds over the years that that's how raid leaders look is they like like hey what's this guild doing what's like you know uh echo doing what's limit doing and they go okay mm-hmm. they're this is their comp this is their strat okay good i'll just copy it because I, less work i have to do i can do what i want to do it's just how it how it works out unfortunately but we'll we will have to wait and see though with this uh, mythic coming up this next week and very exciting to see how everything plays out um, do you think? Do you think we see a quick uh, Windwalker look, or do you think it's going to be a couple weeks for them to come back around, or or do you think like the in next in terms batch, of like
1: balancing or anything? Yeah, like, that? like like they
0: did the first four classes to start um, out. Do, I I, do I don't
1: think? think we'll. I don't think Windwalker will see any changes this this raid tier. I don't. I think I think if we if Windwalker needs changes or to get it to to get for it to get to a point where it kind of ticks on that radar. I don't think we'll get to the point this tier. I think wind will be just on the right enough side, um, you know, to, to not kind of get buffs. Not that, you know, with hunters moving up, you know, like looking at the charts right now, you know, with fire, if fire affliction and hunters all jump, uh, you know, uh, windwalker and then you got fury and balance that are banking on covenant legendaries that they're going to get this mm-hmm. week you know if nothing else changes yeah windwalker you know on this list it'll it will be arcane mage at the bottom enhancement shaman and then windwalker yeah um you know i i think windwalker will probably be higher um you know my kind of early assumption is it'll probably be about the top of the middle of the top of the bottom third or the bottom of the, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. you want to call it. They're just, just um, like out
0: outside the, the reach of like the devs saying, Hey, we should do something
1: here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that's, and I mean, I've been tracking, you know, data for years, you know, and really trying to look at, um, you know, the numbers behind the colored bars, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm okay. If I'm okay with Windwalker being bottom, Right as long as it's close enough to the top. Yeah. Um, You know, the, the problem that has existed recently, and I think this entirely comes down to a lack of resources um, is just that these, the standard deviation, the spread, you know, the Delta between top and bottom, or even just the middle and the top or anything like that has just been too much.
0: Yeah. It's like 10, Um, almost 15% sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you
1: know, they, they had years ago kind of set that bar of, you know, it being If the top to the bottom is 10% different, that's an acceptable difference. And I more or less agree with that. I think, you know, if you can get them within 10% of each other, that's good, solid balance. For how many knobs there are in this game, I wouldn't expect any more. Um, you know, but looking back at the past, there have been times where it's been, you know, the top, you know, and they're very exaggerated situations, you know, certain like uh, Boomkins or Shadow Priest, you know, some of those classes that just tend to be really bananas. Um, You know, but there have been situations where top to bottom is 25, 30%. Well,
0: that's like how survival is right now, Hunters.
1: Yeah. That's pretty uh, much where they're at. I think that, you know, they're... I know, like, I can more... I've been able to more or less predict how and when Blizzard kind of balances classes um, because I take the data. Um, But... You know, like if I look back at, you know, the way that classes were in April, this was the last time I took that I hadn't grabbed from the end of, uh, you know, from the end, you know, from in in Nathria, from top to bottom, from balance at the top to subtlety at the bottom, you know, it's about 17%. Uh, You know, if you take out sub and arms as kind of outliers, you know, at the bottom at the time, balance to Beastmaster you know, is about 12%. That's reasonably balanced. It could be closer, Um, but that's fine. Unless you're the Uh, Beastmaster hunter, right? (laughs) Yeah, but most of them, you know, looking at their population, you know, they just, hunters seem to have no problem. Beastmaster hangs on a little bit more. When marksmanship is strong, there are people that just play Beastmaster, but when Beastmaster is strong, nobody plays marksman yeah <laughs> like they're they're kind yeah. of a weird it's weird to watch there because i track population changes as well and it's weird to kind of watch them kind of ebb and flow rogue is very similar there's kind of always a chunk of people that play outlaw and kind of always a chunk of people that play assassin well,
0: combat that's what outlaw <clears throat> basically is it's basically combat yeah that, and so, so they're maybe. yeah
1: so they're like you know unholy dk versus frost dk they swing you know you're going to get 95 percent of the population playing whichever one is best um, the Which same way, way with right mages, now, with
0: Unholy being, uh, being right.
1: top. the same way with mages, the same way with warlocks. Um, but yeah, rogues kind of resist that a little bit. Um, warriors, they tend to swing wildly from side to side in, in, inside their spec or inside their class. Um, but yeah, I mean, hunters, beastmaster just kind of hold. They're just people that just like the simplicity, I, I <laughs> guess. And, you know, I can't fault them because. Well, I also like the pet I, I aspect mean, of it. I think I lost Yeah, I mean time. I played I played Demon Hunter, you know, during Nilotha because and I'll be, you know, I just wanted to turn my brain off for a bit. <laughs> I didn't want to have to think about things. I wanted to just focus on mechanics and focus on the raid and just be able to do good DPS without thinking. You know, but like going back to Nihilotha, Nihiloth at the end of Nihiloth is obviously the most extreme example of this. But you know, you had affliction, you know, and this is this is data from the last week. You know, you had affliction at 13. 0.3 percent above average and then you had windwalker at 20 percent below average um you know frost DK at 20 percent bo- or 21 percent below average mm-hmm. uh you know so windwalker doesn't have anywhere to go you know unholy was stronger so most of the death knights played unholy affliction was stronger so most of the windlock most of the warlocks played affliction but i mean you're talking a 33 you know 34 percent difference between top and bottom Uh, you know, which just dial is the best example of just what happens if no tuning happens for an entire expansion. Yep. Um, because little to no tuning happened for any classes, you know, shadow priest got a little bit here and there. Um, you know, I think boomkins got a little bit here and there, but like kind of, they just went hands off. And if that's what they wanted to do and that was, this was kind of their grand experiment, just see what happens hands off. Then that's good. Hopefully they can use that data. Um, you know, but hands off, you know, Windwalker drops like a rock, <laughs> you know, and uh, Affliction manages to hang on and, and and stay strong. So um also hands
0: you know, off means we don't have anything for a year. And the last right. time that happened was like the grand demise, which was Siege. A lot of people right. quit during that time period. And a lot of people have quit now, too. And they they haven't come back. You know, maybe
1: they waited yeah. to see. But so the- I'm hoping, you know, when they announce these changes to the, the four specs this week coming, you know, I'm hoping that it is indicative of that they're going to be faster. You know, I, I think yeah. they've handled wind very well. This expansion. I think they stepped in where things needed to be stepped in on. I think they fixed bugs. I've always for fixing bugs, even if it costs wind damage. Um, and then they got, they gained some data and fixed things appropriately, you know, so that the bug fixes were not, you know, permanent damage losses. You know, I think thus far in shadowlands, they've done a good job. They've started on the right foot. Um, you know, it's just historically they then shit the bed or <laughs> just completely, you know, stop. Um, so I'm hoping that this is kind of indicative of more of a focus on that, um, you know, but that's that's really only something we can ever tell in hindsight. Yes. You know, so it's just kind of fingers crossed at this point. Wind is fine enough, you know, for the time being um, that, like I said, will probably go through Sanctum without needing um. Any you know real hard intervention in terms of keeping Windwalker above water? Well,
0: and also we'll have to see how the gear plays and uh, legendaries, um, you know, mm-hmm. and all the upgrades and everything. That's really going to play into point two for Windwalkers, and how Blizzard you know sees the numbers and see how how that works out. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean it, it's very exciting times though with the, you know the raid coming up. You know, do you think I, I you know guess we'll get kind of in the closing too as well? Uh, do you mean? It really looks like there's gonna be one more raid tier, uh, with how you know the spoil- everybody if you you know if you're, you're out there you're raiding so you've you've done at least heroic or normal, mm-hmm. uh, so one more raid tier. Do you think that's the final one for the expansion? Is it gonna be nine point three or four whatever they decide on. I
1: mean, I don't know. I I I think so, and I think I'm okay with that. You know, um, I think one of the things that yeah, I, I do. I, I think we'll see. I think we'll see one raid, one more raid tier. Um I just, I, it's impossible to predict where the story is going to go because I think they've done <laughs> such a poor job handling the story. Well, you yeah, know, and we so
0: we also might see a uh, uh, uh was it the uh, the one that we had with uh, Dragon Soul? What was it the, uh, um, uh, the little mini raid Helion?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: you know that? Like we could see that something like that, and that could be the close of the story. And you're like. This is like a little mini raid. It doesn't make any sense to me, um, or maybe it was ICC. Excuse me, that that was. But yeah, you know, I think uh, yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah, that was um, Ruby Sanctum. Uh, Ruby Sanctum. Yeah, yeah Ruby. We you. we could see a Ruby Sanctum scenario where they're like. But that was kind of like a thrown together. It seems like it almost seemed like it was a holdover from the Black Dragon raid bosses that they did the Being the at the beginning of that expansion. But um, you know, I hope they don't. I mean, but we have to see because you know it's been a full year that there's between the you know between the the 9.1 was supposed to come out sooner you know blizzard has been like hey we're gonna release mm-hmm. content sooner and yet they just you know fall on their feet yeah. uh, a lot of that just has to do of course with the COVID situation with, with the companies like we talked about at the being the show but you know hopefully we'll get more you know much sooner um not just for you know not being so much downtime between uh raid tiers but because then that would also mean that they're going to be more heavy-handed in possibly doing these adjustments like you said correct is that is that mm-hmm. what you're kind of thinking
1: too yeah I'm, I'm hoping that it's just that you know they can keep up the momentum that they've started with you know the the rate of changes that changes that they've been making thus far this expansion and
0: then also in case people are not in with like how blizzard you know some blizzard news there is no blizzcon this year as well um in the fall mm-hmm. they've canceled it already they're going to do another blizzcon line in february probably january february time frame so if there's going to be an announcement for a next raid or a nine two or something there, it's probably going to bring you during that time, um, unless they have like a mini announcement specialty sometime mm-hmm. in November for like the story continuation. Uh, so just just if you're out there listening, you're, you're may you're thinking about coming back or you don't know, like how long it's going to be. You know, the raid's going to be around for the next couple weeks. Uh, I mean, uh, next couple of weeks, meaning like the if you're an LFR player, it's going to be coming out. Uh, you could do normal heroic right now. Mythic's coming out, of course, on Tuesday. And so, uh, you know, expect this one to be another long six month plus, I hope it's not a year, but it could be that way. We could see another delay, uh, on Blizzard's side. So I don't, you know, I know we're talking about all this, like, Hey, I hope they do this. Everything's looking good. Let's go. You know, it's like nice momentum going in, but you always have to pump the brakes that, you know, they, they might take a little longer, you know, I I hope not, but I I have a feeling it's, we're probably going to get the announcement in. The BlizzCon February edition, unless they bump it up. I think they've announced it February, not 100, percent but they they said they are going to do one. So that's probably when they'll announce the next expansion for for WoW, or yeah. next set for WoW for playing for next raid tier continuation of the story, and then now uh, hopefully we'll we'll see from there. Um, now I guess the 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 final question is, like always, Pavelin. Uh, again, thank you for coming on the show. You know, it's been a long long while that we've since we had you on. I know a lot of people out there are very uh, distraught or maybe happy or distraught which you know it is what it is <laughs> a lot of stuff has happened um but uh you know if people want to get in touch with you or follow your content where's the best place that the best place they can find you
1: yeah so the best place you know um i run the monk discord peak of serenity so that's you know most of the stuff that we do gets posted there uh you know, I also have um, a YouTube channel that I do, which is just you can just search Babylonius Monk um, pretty easy. I I have a Twitter. I don't tweet that much. I kind of just use Twitter to announce when a new article is out, um, you know, or a new YouTube video gets posted, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I do stream on Twitch, um, twitch.tv slash Babylonius, you know, pretty straightforward. Um, if you search my name on the Internet, it's going to be me uh i'm the only one so um yeah that's really you know i'm trying to put out uh as much stuff as i can with it being summer i'm trying to kind of front load content as best i can uh but uh but yeah i'd say depending on when you're uh listening to this be on the lookout on my youtube channel we'll have my uh heroic or we'll we'll start to have mythic kills um this week obviously and i post those as soon as we kill them so then I like to go back through, give commentary as kind of a guide, a video guide, stuff like that. So all of that will happen um, over time as we as we kill more bosses. Yeah, great. And I really
0: like uh, your your guides, too, that you go through because it really helps out. Uh, you know, someone is maybe struggling a little bit on an encounter or doesn't really understand it. Uh, you kind of give your like little tips inside insider tips, as I like to say. <laughs> Try to. Yeah. And, 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 and that's possible. really was interesting.
1: And that three, was interesting because things kind of changed enough that a bunch of bosses, I went back and did a second one, um, you know, a couple months later and kind of did like a rehash of the same kind of commentary video. So, um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to do a good enough job the first time that I don't have to redo them. But <laughs> oh, uh, or Blizzard
0: doesn't change too much. Right.
1: <laughs> right. That's that's kind of, you know, more more, I guess, maybe less likely, more likely. Um But yeah, so. It's, uh, you know, there's not a lot of good stuff on YouTube, and not that I consider any of the stuff that I put on YouTube good. Um, it's definitely minimal effort. Uh, I don't edit or do any of kind of the fancy stuff. But, um, you know, the stuff that I say tends to be accurate. So at least I, you know, believe it is until nope, somebody <laughs> tells me otherwise. So...
0: Yeah. yeah make sure make sure to uh to to make your ba- fake Babylonias out there on uh online right as you're, <laughs> as you're telling everybody <laughs> but uh That's but yeah true yeah <laughs> but uh thanks thanks for joining the uh come back on the show and uh definitely have to see check back in after 9.1 uh hopefully we won't have another year though between <laughs> the raids yeah. to go over everything but uh thanks for taking the time and uh it's great talking to you no problem thanks for having me as always yeah, it was great having Babylonius on the show and uh talking about Windwalkers, always great to have him back. Uh we'll have to touch base on uh after the race for world first is over and see how that kind of fared and how monks actually stacked up. Uh and you can always give us a follow on Twitter at Monk Podcast, monkcraftpodcast.com where we have all our episodes there. And uh, we hope to have you back here next time within uh probably a few months on monkcraft Podcast. Take care.